Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining me in my kitchen in Chicagoland here in my kitchen studio today. And I am thrilled to introduce you to someone who is really going to provide some inspiration to you. Michael McDermott, Chef Michael McDermott, is the founder of the Kids Cooking Network. He is doing great things to educate families, teenagers, children about the importance of food, especially good food and the way they look at food. So I am so excited for this Kitchen Chat. Welcome, Chef Michael McDermott to Kitchen Chat. Thank you so much, Margaret. I'm so excited to be here, and congratulations on the success of Kitchen Chat. I see that you interview just a bunch of my friends from year past, Dory Greenspan and and so forth, and I'm just, uh, I'm so tickled that you have this show. Oh, well, thank you, and as, as I've shared with you, and and as a reminder to my um, foodie friends out there, the reason I host Kitchen Chat is a way that I can honor my late father, who was a wonderful gourmet home chef, and I've just been on this quest to understand his joy of cooking and joy of food and being in the kitchen, and it's such an honor to interview you, Chef Michael McDermott, um, two things I would like to say. First of all, thank you for your service. You are a veteran and a sergeant in the Marines, and thank you for your service to our country. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It was such a such a pleasure to serve, especially as a Marine, but also as representing our country. It was a while ago, so you're dating me, but uh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. So our wonderful brothers and sisters in the service that that really deserve constant recognition. So thank you so much, Margaret. Oh, thank you. And also, I'm so intrigued by what your culinary journey has been. I mean, listeners, it's amazing. He um, uh, studied and graduated from CIA, the Culinary Institute of America. And Chef Michael, you were a sous chef at Maxime's. I mean, you have worked with some of the finest uh, chefs in the industry and worked your way up on the culinary scene, and now you are founder of the Kids Cooking Network. Can you share with us a, a glimpse of, of how this, this journey began? And, uh, you know, how did you end up just what, what your passion is all about in terms of educating children and families? What a loaded question. I love it, <laughs> Margaret. Um, I mean, it's really interesting, the involvement of my career, because as Ed Bradley said on 60 Minutes uh, to uh, to Larry King, when he asked the same question, he said, it's about being in the right place at the right time, but it's also being about ready for the opportunity when it comes. So I think I've been very fortunate in that. I started out in the in the food business when I was knee-high to a countertop in my parents' luncheonette in Great Neck, New York. And I worked in hotels, restaurants, and so forth. 
for a number of years, just got a passion just from being in the business. And, uh, you know, I went into the Marine Corps. I got an opportunity coming out of the Marine Corps with, uh, I got to meet with Buzzy O'Keefe, as you know, was the, was the founder of the River Cafe and the Water Club. And he sponsored me actually going to the Culinary Institute. Came out of that because of my background and experience. I was recruited by Pierre Cardin and Patrick Pinon to be on the opening team for Maxims of New York which was just amazing culinary all-star team. I got to cook for Julia Child, Jacqueline Onassis, Elizabeth Taylor. I used to cook lunch for Malcolm Forbes two or three times a week. It was just such a humbling and such a, an amazing experience to work with such creative people. And of course, as the years go by, I, I, I've done consulting. I've worked with cruise lines. I've done product development for companies like General Mills. I've had the opportunity to write cookbooks. I, uh, I just, it's just amazing. And the people that I've met, Dory Greenspan, who we all know and love as, is a, a guru of baking and Daniel Ballou and I sort of grew up side by side together in New York. And, uh, it's just amazing to see how the business has evolved over the years, but I've had so much opportunity and it's just great. We got into television, got about in, in, in gosh, 1989. Mm -hmm. And, and worked in various occupations there. As you know, I, can, I consulted with Robin Leach when he was in the Food Network years ago. I, um, I had the opportunity to work with the White House. I consulted with them when President Clinton was first in office. I got to work with wonderful, brilliant people like, you know, Dean Ornish and, and Neil Barnard. So any, and then uh, we had the radio show, which was called The Food Show during the 90s. It was the first nationally syndicated radio program on food and nutrition. Yes. Just a wonderful opportunity. But at the White House years ago, a few years ago, we were there for Chef's Move to Schools with folks like Tanya Steele. Uh, I was talking to Art Smith, as you know, as Oprah Chef, and I just said to him, we're standing on the, literally standing on the White House lawn, and I said to him, gosh, you know, there's nothing for kids and families to get information that's fun and engaging on food and nutrition. And that's pretty much where the Kids Cooking Network was born. Mm -hmm. And it's truly, it comes from such a place of passion. You can hear it in your voice. And, and what do you think, I, I, what do you think was missing? Uh, what was that missing piece in terms of the public and, and families and children and really having that education about food? Well, let me ask you this, and I'll, I'll answer your question with a question. That's an excellent question, Margaret. Thank you. And love being on Kitchen Chat and having the opportunity to express this. What did you think of the video samples that we sent you with our live reports from the ground with our kids? They're outstanding, and I love hearing the passion, and the, the, the children are very articulate and educated within their questions uh, as well. It's just outstanding. And listeners, I am going to have a link to these videos he's referring to, tying into um, the Kids Cooking Network on on. Um, kitchenchat.info. So we'll make sure. And we also have another, we have a new partner. Thank you. Adventure to Learning, which is a streaming educational service that's actually in 26,000 schools across the United States and Canada. Wow. And we're debuting our content uh, on their streaming platform. And we're also going to be sending our book out for free, our Kids Cooking Network book, 
which we'll also have a link for you on uh, Adventure to Learning. That's going about to free to all the children in um, Johns Hopkins All Children's Hospitals and their 400 affiliates across the United States and having the opportunity to help those kids and families uh, to get on track with some fun uh, cooking tips and, and recipes is uh, really an honor as well. Yes, and it seems like you're instilling the joy of cooking and food and learning about food uh, at a really young age. And I think that's so important. But but kind of back to that question, what did you see as that big gap of knowledge uh, of families and teens and children when you first uh, really felt led to, to, to launch this? Excellent question. Uh, the reason why I started the Kids Cooking Network as, as a alluding back to my conversation with Art, was the fact that there's a ton of information on food and nutrition out there, but it's not fun. It's not educating. It's not entertaining, as you alluded to in your very gracious uh, review of our segments that we've shot with sports stars, with celebrities, with brands, with top chefs. We did a segment with I'll get Chef Mark Tarbell. Okay, he's, he's a top chef in the United States. Right. And to answer your question, he wanted to do a different segment. And I said, you know, we need to do something that's engaging and pertinent and fun. So, and that's what's really missing. And what we did was vegetable lettuce wraps. It's very easy to do. All the ingredients can be picked up in the store. A kid from seven to 17 can assemble it. And as you can see from the shoot with Mark, you can see the kids were actually having fun doing it on camera and then tasting it on camera. Now, when you impart that from the kids and our reporters to the view to the kids and families that are watching it, they get really vested in it and, and want to do that. And that's where that's the whole mission of the Kids Cooking Network. And that's what was missing. I don't think that it was vested enough. You know, there's kids that watch a certain uh, food uh, programming <laughs> that, you know, and they love it. There's about 2 million kids a month that watch that particular network. Sure. At the same time, what's there for them? You know, what is there to engage them? Is there after-school snacks? Do they get a chance to ask a very famous baseball star what he eats and why he eats it to get ready for Major League Baseball? Is there a top chef they can answer questions to directly about what they want to know? Well, that's where the Kids Cooking Network comes in. I love that. And, and listeners, I will make sure we have links to the Kids Cooking Network. If you're just tuning in, this is your host, Margaret McSweeney, on Kitchen Chat, having a fun conversation with Chef Michael McDermott about his passion for sharing the joy of food and cooking in the kitchen uh, with children. Um, if we can just rewind just a, a little bit. Michael, I loved how you alluded to the fact, you just say this so nonchalantly, which, which I so appreciate, that you'd have the opportunity to, to cook for all of these iconic people and celebrities. And, and of course, the one that stood out to me most is Julia Child. Uh, do you have any fun stories and memories about Julia Child coming to Maxine's and, and anything you'd like to share? Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, it was, it was such an honor 
So you get the opportunity to cook for Julia when you know, Miss Child when she came to Maxime's. But it was really funny. I'll tell you a quick funny story. The major D comes running in the kitchen and we're pretty busy. And this was the first time she came a couple times to visit us at Maxime's. And he was such an what we call a tizzy from from uh, I'm dating myself. But he said, and this is a very polished major D, one of the best people in the world at that particular time. And he said, my God, Miss Child said to me, we're eating food. We're eating peasant food at the price of kings. <laughs> and it just stumped him because any you know, your listening audience, classical cooking is basically taking a chicken breast, for example, and making the ordinary into the extraordinary. It's taking very simple food using what we call peasant techniques, which have been around for you know over 100 years, and making the food taste extraordinary. It's about using fresh regional ingredients, it's about, which everything is everybody is preaching now. But when when Julia Child said this to him, he was just stumped, <laughs> and he didn't even know what to recommend on the menu. And they look at me and they go. I'm like, what are you looking at me for? <laughs> so I said, she likes simple preparations. So why don't we do Poussin L'Estrigon, which was a, which is a Cornish game hen. We bone it out. comes with a nice chicken sauce to paraphrase, just some nice fresh vegetables and very simple, but very, what we call very clean cooking, as you know. Yes. And she had nothing but nice things to say. She was very gracious. Of course, I had a peek out. Oh, and look and see her eating, but uh, it was just—it's uh, just extraordinary to to cook for your idol. But here's somebody who who put French food on the map. She taught America that it was—it's okay to enjoy yourself and have fun in the kitchen, but you need to get involved. And she did that, you know, for over 50 years. And you know, I miss her dearly. And you have you have her good friend Jacques Pepin on on a regular basis on Kitchen Chat, which I'm totally uh, in awe of, by the way. Oh, he is truly just such an inspiration. And it continues to be an honor to have him on a show. And I love how um, he really uh, has engaged the younger generation as well with his his granddaughter. He has that wonderful new cookbook. I think they should be on the the children, the kids cooking. Well, network. we'll have to have them on the kids cooking network. Yes, of course, absolutely. we'll set it up. We'll set it up in the Viking Kitchen, God willing. Yes, that would oh, be. Oh, we would love to. And so that's the whole fun. point of the Kids Cooking Network. We want to make sure that kids and families, because it is targeted for kids and families, and that's who our main audience is. And we're, we're actually distributing out to 16 million viewers now. We just uh, inked that deal the last week. And we're over we're 16 million viewers in US and Canada. So we're very excited. But the bottom line is, we want to make sure that the all the information, as you saw from the little clips, yes, is accessible. It's it's, and we want to hear from from the from the kids and the families as well. But the Kids Cooking Network is also about all the kids that are involved with the Kids Cooking Network. We, where they're going to be writers, they're going to be producers, they're going to be showrunners. You know, they're going to become involved and grow up with us with the Kids Cooking Network and make sure that the integrity of what we're doing is great. But also, we want to give them access to people like. Jacques Papin masters to where it's the information is approachable. They're getting it. They can assimilate it. They can understand, you know, so I write all the segments from that standpoint. Um, We have some chefs that that are interviewed. They kind of want to do something a little more complicated. And I'm like, I'm like, what would you cook for your kids? Mm. And that's really impressive. And also the chefs and our experts 
they don't do the demonstrations the kids do. I love that. Always be, they're kind of like on camera. We were talking about camera left. They're on camera left, and the kids are always going to be, I don't want to say the stars, but they're going to be pushing the subject matter forward to make sure that the kids and families are engaged, that they want to watch, that they're exciting about what they're seeing. And we'll, as we get regular feedback, all of our programming and our books will all be centered around, you know, what do you want to hear? What do you want to do? So that's really exciting. Also, another thing, Margaret, is we have crews in every major city across the planet. So we're going to be shooting and and from and, and, and like the CN I, I shouldn't use the word but like the CNN of food and health for kids and family. Right. They'll be shooting live to tape at all these wonderful locations around the world. So we're we're seeking to bring this information and the, we're making the world a little smaller by letting kids and family know what's going around around the world. I just applaud your efforts on on so many levels. I mean, you are helping influence future generations with just the joy of cooking and some great skills and information. And and I think getting over the intimidation of food and cooking and at a young age, that can be so life-changing. And also, uh, I'm sure that you also have a focus on healthy eating. Is that an important part of your platform well? That's, that, well? That, is the, that is the focus yes. on the eating. But we want to make sure... That that kids and families understand that it is not doesn't take anything away right. from what you're eating. As we were talking about classical cuisine, and I'll, I'm going to send you the my interview from my radio program with Daniel Ballou from years ago, <laughs> where we talked about how important classical technique is to flavor, because good food is and healthy food is actually synonymous. The simpler the, the, the preparation and the fresher the ingredients, they really speak for themselves. And you add some fresh condiments, some seasonings, and the, the, the results that you get are just astounding. Like we have funky monkey dogs <laughs> on one of our, yeah, it's one of our recipes in the, in the kids cooking network recipes for young chef book one. It's a series of booklets and we'll send you the link for that. Um, it's 22 recipes, but this first book is all non cook where you just assemble what you have. But once again, it's very simple ingredients. The funky monkey dog is a whole wheat or a whole grain slice of bread. It's peanut butter that's that's fresh and, and whole and doesn't have any ingredients. It's granola and it's a and it's a um, it's a banana. <laughs> I love that. That is so creative. And so easy Disney to do, Disney asked think- us to do a do a, a short on that for Disney Radio and. We did Funky Monkey Dogs, and I'll, I think I sent you the recording. But it's it's much more fun than saying bread, granola, and a and a banana. Right, so just the descriptives that you we, use. And with if, food. Well, once again, we keep the integrity of the ingredients very solid, so you don't have to think about it. You know, you say if as long as you follow along with what we're saying, it's going to be healthy, it's going to taste great, and it's going to be fun. And that's the Kids Cooking Network. This is just fantastic, and. I, what are some tips that you can share with moms that are out there listening? You know, a, a mom's life is very busy and also a dad's life and you're a father and, and you know how that goes. Uh, time is just so precious. What 
are some some just easy changes that moms and dads can make today in terms of um, easy afternoon snack. I mean, that funky monkey <laughs> sounds great. Funky monkey dogs. Yes, yes. But what what is something that you know, that the moms and dads should, first of all, have in their pantry or their fridge um, as a quick afternoon snack? Well, you know, it's an excellent question. And you know what's really fun is wraps. Oh. You have the wraps on hand. You yes. have, and and what I, what I want to stress, too, is you don't have to make everything from scratch. There is some wonderful, what I call pre-made fresh products in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. That are incredible list uh, that are incredible ingredients that are available. They're not expensive. They're easy to access. Just about everybody has them. And let's just give you a quick example. Okay. Um, you have you have spinach wraps, or you have a flavored wrap that's you know that's whole, that's either organic or made naturally, doesn't have any. So you have the wrap. You have uh, uh, say you have some leftover chicken or some or some beans or some sort of protein. You have a salad mix that's pre-made, once again, organic or natural. Then you have just a fresh or or pre-made salad dressing. (laughs) It takes you a a total of a minute to put those inside of a wrap. And it doesn't matter what order. You can do whatever order you want just so it fits inside the wrap. You fold it over and you have an instant snack that has fresh ingredients. It has what's called live or raw ingredients. It's got flavor. It's low in fat, low in sodium. It's got some fiber. You know, from a nutrition standpoint, my nutrition friends will be absolutely ecstatic. But from a flavor standpoint and a mom or dad wanting to have a fresh snack for their for their after school, for their or their teens or tweens or youngsters, just about anybody can put that together. So mom and dad just need to have a myriad of ingredients in the refrigerator that are semi-prepared or, or prepared to where it's kind of like Legos, Margaret, where they have these different ingredients and then they can just mix and match them and come up with a different wrap, for example, almost daily as an after-school snack. This is just life-changing. I love that description of Legos, you know, with the ingredients, and you can just assimilate uh, and assemble any type of uh, snack by just having those ingredients, the Lego approach. <laughs> that's and we have, a game, we have a game show that we want to pitch to Lego, by the way. Yes. Hey, that, you do, <laughs> that what, what you do is you, that you, on, the, on the show, it's, this, is our, this is our concept. You And a friend of mine, uh, J.D. Kale, actually came up with it. He's a brilliant producer. You, uh, you, put a, you have a set of Legos, and each time they do – they do a successful part. They complete a successful portion of a short recipe on the show. And there's three or four teams. They get another piece of the Lego, but kids love Legos. It's an iconic brand. And it's really easy for me to use that as an example to explain what I'm talking about, because it's, this is what, this is the, one of the challenges with changing school food. Okay. And this is the way I designed the menu matrix for celebrity cruise lines. It's a, it's a set, a myriad of ingredients that are standard, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you can use those to make an, an infinite amount of meals and snacks and so forth. But you have to stick to those, you know, those particular ingredients, and it makes it easier, especially for a mom and dad. If they're trying to buy individual items for individual recipes, 
it becomes a, sort of a challenge because they're saying to themselves, oh, my God, I don't have this or I don't have that. Right. But if you have a grain, if you have a if you're gluten free, you have gluten free, you have a vegetable, you have salad on hand, you have several different kinds of proteins, you have some sauces, you have some dressings. When you stand back, you can then make an infinite amount of combinations to come up with lunches, snacks, dinners and breakfast that are almost infinitesimal. Wow. This it can really change menu planning for the home. It, 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 these are great ideas. And do you recommend like just having one prep day? I mean, how do you do it at home as being a dad? Well, what we teach on the Kids Cooking Network, which is the same thing that I do at home. That's an excellent question, by the way. Um, I, I have a prep day two days a week. I have a cook day another two days a week. And because I'm a single parent yeah. and I know what it's like. And just because I'm a chef doesn't mean that I have any less. I have any more time than anybody else. I know I can do things slightly faster. I'm a little more organized. But the basic principles that we teach with the Kids Cooking Network are exactly the same. I, I shop three days a week because I want to buy fresh ingredients. I don't pick up a lot of food and a lot of parents don't have time to do the Sunday shopping. You know what I mean? Right. They have other things to do like laundry, like, like soccer and everything. So if you, if you shop at least, at least three times a week and pick up small amounts like they do in Europe, because you know, they have very small refrigerators, for example, right. they shop almost every other day. They go to the market, they get what's fresh and then they make it. Now, in America, that's not as practical, but what I'm saying is you shop three days a week. You do, you cook a couple of times a week and what, what's called, you know what blast chilling is, right? No. Okay. Well, we use this in, in, they use this in hospitals and restaurants. But anyway, you take a cooked protein or something that's hot. You let it cool on the counter for about 10 minutes and then you do what's called blast chilling in, the, in your freezer. Make sure you set the timer or you'll freeze it. It's kind of funny because I do it every <laughs> once in a while. My son laughs at me. But say you make a whole chicken and you and you and it's a part and it's done and the family's done and there's some some stuff that you haven't eaten. Okay, well you you blast chill that in your in your refrigerator, make some room in your freezer, mm -hmm. put it on a plate, set your timer, usually about 15 minutes. And what it does is it brings the temperature down so quickly there's very little accumulation of bacteria. Okay, it's what we call the danger zone, which people don't need to know about, but you know what I'm talking about. Right. And then but what it does is it makes it taste very fresh when you reheat it or use it in a cold application. And my son's hysterical because he knows he, after a meal and we'll have a leftover protein or, or or vegetable protein or whatever or a hot preparation of something. He'll say, Dad, should I blast chill? It's, it's hysterical because he's <laughs> since he was little. But it makes for such it makes the flavor of whatever you're reheating the next meal or not using it in a wrap or a salad or eating it by itself. It makes it taste just incredible. I am learning so much, Michael. This is just fantastic. I, I, I hope, and I don't know if you're considering as a, an additional product that maybe you'll have um, Kids Cooking Network meal kits. You know, we are talking to several meal kit companies have been in touch with us, and I'm not adverse to that. Right. I just want to make sure I'm talking to all the meal kit companies out there right now. I love you. I think you're fantastic. And uh, as long as you keep the price point affordable for the average family, mm -hmm. I we totally want to work with you and do Kids Cooking Network meal kits yesterday. 
<laughs> well, I think this would just be a fantastic addition to any home. And I love how you're very conscious about price points because I feel that a lot of people are intimidated by the whole cooking process and everything because they think, oh, it's just going to cost too much to get organic, to get really healthy ingredients. How do you address that concern? That's an excellent question, and I love that. And I want to tell you, I want to give props to two individual companies. Not that I 100% advocate everything they do, but they have done volumes for that. And this is where sustainability comes into play. Uh, those of you who don't know the, know the term, the Kids Cooking Network is big on sustainability, and I'll tell you why. And you saw one of our, one of our, two of our segments are from the farmer's market and from the uh, the farm in South Mountain out in Phoenix? Yes. Okay, well, the reason why is because we wanted to exemplify that when you buy products that are farm from the farm to table, you're spending a lot less money because you're not trucking it from California or from – and don't get me wrong, I'm not adverse for those products, but you're not paying the freight, so to speak. Right. And Walmart and Kroger have been absolutely phenomenal, for example – in buying locally sourced organic and what's called natural products. They have brought the price down, I would say, tremendously and made it much more affordable for just about anyone to be able to buy, to buy better locally sourced you know, produce, for example. And it's so fresh. I mean, I grew up, half part of my life, I grew up on a farm. And the, the corn that we got when we just shucked it right off out of the field and ate it was phenomenal. So imagine now uh, companies like Fry, uh, Kroger and Walmart are giving you the opportunity because you'll see the signs when you go into Kroger and, and those particular stores or whatever store you grow, you shop in, go and look for it's This is locally sourced. You're going to see them more and more now. And the reason is because of economics. It's actually less expensive for these grocery stores and these food chains to buy the ingredients because, once again, they're not trucking it. Right. And it's just the freshness and the price point. I can get organic carrots right now where I live here in Arizona for less than I can buy. Or I think there's only a 50 cents difference between the same size of five pound bag carrots. And that's never happened. That's unprecedented. So you're going to see that more and more. Also, what's really important is buy things that are in season. Okay. If you don't know. The produce person is uh, our manager or the person that works in the produce department, for example, is always buzzing around. Ask them, say, hey, I just watched the Kids Cooking Network and I would like to know. And they said that I should ask, when is the produce delivered? It's usually two to three times a week. And the closer you shop to that, the better. But they also have produce that's been there a few days. It's not bad, but they have to get rid of it and they have to have to throw it away or sell it. So they'll mark it down. So you want to keep an eye on that, that too. But also don't hesitate to buy some pre-made products that you don't have time to buy. Like, for example, broth. You can get organic broth in my grocery store for 20 cents more than I can buy regular broth. And that's a great investment. These are just fantastic tips, Michael, for the busy mom and dad who want to provide healthy meals uh, for their kids. This is all just outstanding. Um, thank you so much. My, my pleasure. It's so, it's so worth it to do. 
And as I said, between myself, the Kids Cooking Network, and our kids and all the wonderful folks that we have participating, we want to make sure that all these things are accessible, they're understandable. And then, of course, we get feedback from our viewers and our listeners as to what they want, because every region of the country is completely different, as you know. Yes. And one of the things that we're trying to push and work on, we actually worked on this project with Walmart, the USDA, and um, one of the native nations here in the, in, the, in Arizona yes. was is, um, is uh, greenhouses. Because there's certain portions of the United States that are just cold, like you. You're out there shoveling snow. Yes. So we're trying to help in the proliferation of greenhouses because they're not really expensive to put up. And I don't, I don't know if the average person knows this, but it grows produce. It doesn't stop. Like if you put a zucchini plant inside of a greenhouse in the middle of the winter, it just keeps producing. Hmm. And there, and once again, it's locally, it's local and sustainable. So one thing I do want to impress to the moms and dads out there is please buy local, support your local vendors, support your local farmers, because you're going to get a better buy. You're going to get more more value for your money and your family and and, and your kids and yourselves. You're going to you're going to taste the difference. This is once again, just great information for uh, not only moms and dads, but just the, anyone in the kitchen. Just great, great advice. Um, I always like to end the show, Michael, with tips for the home chef. And I have a specific <laughs> focus for you. You were the former uh, head saucier, I guess it's called. At, um, with Chef Saucier Maxime's at, 20, at 24. Wow, that is just incredible. The first, the first, uh, the first American saucier outside of Paris. Wow, what an incredible honor! I really struggle with sauces. Could you provide three tips for the home chef who want to prepare um, sauces at home? What are three tips you could share with us? Number one, you always want to start out with a, a good stock. Okay. Whether you're making a vegetable-based sauce or chicken or fish or, or whatever, it has to be a very strong stock. Then uh, because we do classical cooking from the turn of the century, as you know, is, is all about reduction sauces. Yes. The average person really doesn't have time to do that. So you want to kind of learn how to make what's called a baked roux. You can look it up online. And when you bake the roux, it makes a lot less flour flavor. And you probably know this already, Margaret. No, I don't. I am learning. Yep. You make the roux and you bake it in a low, a low oven for about six hours. Then you take it out, you cut it into squares, and you freeze it. Let it cool off, obviously. And then you can use it. And what you can do is you heat up the stock and you put it in the blender. Once you've gotten the stock reduced down to where or you've got the ingredients in that you want, the flavors, for example, if you want to make a bordelaise, you're doing a reduction with, uh, with, with onions or shallots, and then you're adding your stock, and you put it in the blender and add a little bit of this baked roux. It'll immediately thicken. You don't have to cook it as long, and it doesn't have a flour flavor. So that's kind of some three tips right there. But if you also want to have a broth, a brothy stock, just start with a strong stock, okay, mm-hmm. really. Oh, you can make a, a – what also, too, is if you want to make vegetable base, you know what tomato confit is? Um, yes, but if you could share with the Oh, I'm going to explain it. All it is is you take, you can get a, a can of, of plum tomatoes. You just low sodium, you take it out and you cook it in for about 30 minutes in olive oil and 
and some garlic, very simply, just reduce the water out of it. And that makes the best tomato soup you ever had in your life. You put about a third of the blender with that. You add about four cups of, of stock. You blend it. You will have a tomato soup that is to die for. <laughs> this sounds fantastic. Oh, I'm- My son made it the other day when I wasn't here. Uh, oh, isn't that? Dad, I made, I made a tomato stuff and I made tomato soup and I'm like, get out of here. And he didn't blow up the kitchen. So that's a good thing. <laughs> He's 15, you know. I would recommend, and please, the Kids Cooking Network, what we recommend, you'll see it in our books, you'll see it on the shows everywhere. We always talk about you have to have an adult in the kitchen. If you're under 10 years old, we really don't, you know, we don't advocate the stove unless mom and dad are standing right next to you. I learned how to bake at five, but my mom was right there with me. She showed me how to use the pot holders, and I, I did all the stirring, and she did the oven. So kids can participate in the kitchen and learn about food and health at any age, but they really need to have mom or dad or a responsible adult in there with them to make sure that uh, it's all safe. This is fabulous advice. Chef Michael McDermott, thank you so much for being on Kitchen Chat today. I have learned about Lego approach to cooking. I've learned about blast chilling, uh, in addition to the wonderful things that you do through your Kids Cooking Network, but also about baked roux. I'd never heard of that. You are just... I'll send you, I'll send you the recipe. I, I can't wait and I'll share it on, on Kitchen Chat. And it's easy. It's easy too. I mean, it's so, it's so much easier than making, if anybody knows about roux, it's much easier. You don't have to babysit it. You mix it, you put it in a pan with parchment paper, you bake it for six hours, let it cool off, and you're good to go. Oh, that sounds But thank you for all the compliments. You're so kind, and it's been so amazing to be on here with Kitchen Chat to meet you. And once again, congratulations on the success of Kitchen Chat. And everyone out there, please, you need to listen to this show. Uh, the people that uh, that Margaret has the privilege to to uh, to have on the show is just a wealth of information in the food world. So I'm constantly, and I'm a big fan, a new fan of Kitchen Chat. Oh, thank you so much, Chef. That means just a lot to me, more than you know. And and foodie friends, thank you for joining me on this culinary journey. Make sure you go like the Facebook Oh, sorry. Make, make sure you go like the Facebook page for the Kids Cooking Network. I'll make sure I have a link on that as well as these other resources that Chef Michael McDermott has mentioned. But thank you for tuning in and thank you again, Chef Michael McDermott. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.